Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jehu. Cacao! That was a real classic, Cacao. That sounded like all the oldies. I appreciated it. <laughs> right on. It's October now. It's Halloween month. We are notoriously all chickens here and hate scary movies. But this month, we're watching scary movies. Our first one, The Invisible Man. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that we're all scaredy cats. Because I remember when we were discussing this on our text thread, like one of the stipulations was no torture stuff. Because, you know, torture stuff's just really unpleasant to watch. Uh, This was torture stuff. But, well, I mean, I guess. But to me, as somebody who gets up from my bed in the middle of the night at least once a week to go and like make sure like no one's broken into my fucking windows or doors or something, this might have been worse for me. Like I made it like a third of it with the way into this is like maybe I should have watched Hostel. <laughs> yeah, no, this was like mental torture. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like saw torture where you know it's people falling in a pit of needles. But I mean, as a person with like notorious high anxiety uh i felt terrible for this girl this whole movie and uh it was like my worst nightmare come to life like it felt like it felt like torture porn because this is all the worst nightmares of the concept of an invisible man uh come to fruition (laughs) yeah they uh you know they they made you know the invisible man a lot less fun than it's ever been in any and I don't, I don't mean that as a dig it's just usually no matter how scary it tries to be it's mostly fun that there's a guy you can't see but uh this was not this is not fun that you can't see this dude yeah we should probably say a little bit more this is a bloom house movie it is uh i guess is it's intended to kind of be like a remake of the of the the idea of the invisible man but well, yeah for- it's funny you mentioned that so the invisible man you know one of the universal owned monsters uh, like the classic monster things from early cinema that's now like it's like practically public domain but it's also kind of not i don't really understand how it works based on the hgl stories about a guy who finds i can't remember it's like a potion or whatever and makes him invisible and is like a thief or something i can't remember exactly the plot all of that sounds true yeah <laughs> uh but this is not really like any of those stories. Uh, to me, this reminded me of a much different movie, which is popularly referenced, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. I think this movie was, had a lot more in common with Gaslight. Are you guys familiar with this? I have not seen Gaslight. It is, well, I haven't either. It's from 1944. I don't watch things yeah. before 1990. But it is, that movie and the play it's based off uh, is the origin of the term gaslighting. And it's essentially about a woman who is in a relationship with an abusive relationship with a guy and all these weird fucking things keep happening. She's hearing strange sounds and seeing strange things with lights and like objects disappearing and reappearing and all this kind of stuff. And anytime she tries to talk to her partner or whatever about it, he calls her crazy. He's like, that's not that none of that shit is happening. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And the course of the the thing is causing her to question her own sanity, causing other people to question their sanity by having her like, you know, kind of imagine all this shit uh, or make her think that she imagined all this shit that's happening. And that's exactly what this fucking movie is about. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. This movie stars Elizabeth Moss. I mean, definitely the lead and like almost 100% of the screen time. Has that guy from Haunting a Hill House... I don't know if he was also supposedly the invisible person, but 
he's there at the end and it's got Aldris Hodge who is just cast as Hawkman. I was I just about to say, isn't that, isn't that the guy who just got cast in a DC movie? But yes, that's the yeah. guy. You know, when he first showed up, I was like, this guy's buff as shit. He should play a superhero. And then I was like, no, yeah. he will be. <laughs> so wait, which, which, who played the invisible man? Uh, do you, you watched Haunting at Hill House, right? Jay Hugh? Yeah. It was the drug addicted brother. All right. Because all I could think of with this was when I saw that dude, I didn't recognize him anything. I was like, oh, wow, one of the ways that uh, Blumhouse cut the budgets instead of hiring Jake Gyllenhaal, they just hired this guy. He is, he is Gyllenhaal-esque. <laughs> he has, he's, uh, he's, he's, like a, he's like Gyllenhaal-esque without being, uh, what's his name, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, this movie, I think, was only made for like eleven million dollars. Speaking of being cheap, like it's it's, it's real a, it's, cheap. It's a Blumhouse movie. They don't cost a lot of money. Uh, the director of this movie, Lee Winnell, uh, also directed Upgrade, that Venom knockoff movie with the knockoff Tom Hardy a couple years ago, uh, which is pretty good. I don't know. I haven't still haven't seen Venom, but I would venture to say it's probably better than Venom. But one of the things that I really liked in that movie that I think transfers into this movie is there's a lot of like inventive camera work. Uh, in that one that stood out and I think the choice of shots in this movie are a big part of what make it so fucking stressful to watch Uh, there are definitely very uh, intentional moments where I found myself looking all over the screen expecting something to happen Mm -hmm. just like one minor little thing Um, it reminded me a lot of paranormal activity just like way better in that like I you you have this shot of this room and I know something is supposed to happen so it's like where's Waldo trying to find the thing and uh, that was that was actually like I'm not gonna say fun but it was suspenseful in a way just waiting for it and if I get I think it's shot beautifully it is shot really beautifully yeah it's a good looking movie just before we we dig in too much deeper for anybody who hasn't seen it yet the plot is Elizabeth Moss is is in kind of this uh, psychologically. Uh, an occasionally physically abusive relationship that she escapes from, from a scientist optics genius guy, but then immediately after escaping gets uh, news that he's dead and left her a bunch of money. But then over the course of the movie, you start to question, is he really dead or did he just find a way to, uh, to hide in plain sight in some sort of invisible optics related contraption? Which by the way, his scheme is general hospital level convoluted. Yeah, no, for sure. There is a way simpler way to get to this, I feel like. For sure. I think that's true. I think think it would be fairly easy to start poking holes in this movie if we really want to, but I don't (laughs) think... I think it was fun enough that you didn't didn't have to. So what were our general reactions to... The Invisible Man? Again, we don't do scary movies on this podcast. None of us really do. Uh, It scared the shit out of me, especially the first, like, third of it really fucked me up. Uh, so I didn't enjoy it, but I appreciated it. And then by the end, I was having a good time. So I think it's well better than Transformers. I feel like instead of giving my my view here, uh, I, I feel like I've got to give Ian's point of view just for a second. And that is, was a little, was a little hot moss hot enough for all this trouble? <laughs> <laughs> that is now an that interesting question. Now now that I've put, put Ian's point uh out there, uh, which I don't know for sure that he has, but that would definitely be Ian's point. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a good movie. Uh, I think, you know, I, we haven't gotten into spoilers yet, but I've already spoiled part of it just because 
part of the thing is for a while you're not even supposed to know if the invisible man is real or not but you know i'm pretty sure we could guess that he is since his name's in the title right uh, you know i I mean, when has that ever happened that something was like, is it real or not? And then at the end, it turned out not to be real. That would be a fun twist to a movie. Actually, I can think of one movie uh, that, that, that's like that, but I don't want to say because I don't want to blow the movie. If nobody I was knows. about to say, I could also think of at least one, but we'll move <laughs> on. Uh, I like this movie a whole lot. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I have pretty low expectations for the horror genre in general. Um, but when you make a good horror movie, I tend to like them a whole lot. Um, I don't really know why that is, but I think this movie's really well made. I think it's well acted. But one thing I think it does that I wanted to highlight is we've talked a lot about how Marvel films are franchise films wearing the mask of a genre film. And I think this movie does that. I think it's uh, I think it's, you know, a, a interesting look on abuse and trust and, um, some complex issues that a lot of people deal with in our society. And it puts it in, you know, this package of a horror movie of a property that you're familiar with. Mm. Um, I, it takes a lot from the movie hollow man. If anyone remembers that film, it just oh, does yes. it way better right. yeah. uh, than that movie does. Um, the abusive invisible ex-boyfriend I think is the exact same plot as hollow man, if I remember correctly, but um, this movie's just, uh, well, probably because I think Elizabeth Moss is acts really well in it. I, yeah, I should, I should feel I should, a connection with her. I should amend my statement and say Elizabeth Moss fucking crushes it like she always yeah. does. She's really, really good in this. Is she ever not really good in something? That's well, fair. I, I was just thinking today that I mean, she, if if no one's dubbed her the queen of the gold of this golden age of TV drama we've been in for the past you know 15 or 20 years they should because i mean she's been in the most good shit yeah and she's really like i don't know that she went i don't want to say she went away but she really has like reestablished herself since handmaid's tale and mm. just killed it in everything mm. and props to her but uh to your to your point christian that's why i wanted to bring up why i feel like this movie has a lot of comparisons to the movie Gaslight, because in a culture currently where gaslighting is is a, a, a frequently abused term, <laughs> yeah, potentially outside of its original context, it's nice to have a movie that kind of really resets and uh, and establishes what that term really means. Even though Invisible Manning is not quite as catchy as Gaslighting. Hashtag Invisible Manning. <laughs> yep, <laughs> sounds like I'm... one of the Manning brothers. That doesn't work. I... I honestly think that would get on my nerve list because for some reason, gaslighting the term, not the concept, you know, it's totally a concept to be upset about, but just that we picked that word drives me nuts. Yeah, agreed. Hearing it. Yeah, I think I probably wouldn't have a problem with the word if it wasn't used a thousand times every day. I was just say even in my in my social circles where I know the people don't know the definition of it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what that I was mean, sometimes people use it when they just mean lying and yeah. lying is a much shorter word it's just easier you can just say lie or lying and get done with that a <laughs> oh that's good invisible man invisible man oh uh, yeah so spoilers from here on out if uh if you know there's there's kind of spoilers but you know if you haven't watched it go watch it first then jump back in it's available on HBO Max. It is, of course it is. It's the only thing we fucking do on here. Yep. 
I was reading the trivia about this movie and, you know, one of the things that, the, that I think what we talked about earlier, the movie does really well, is, is it frame shots where as you're trained, as we as viewers are trained in the language of film, that there is negative space where we feel like something should be happening. Um, yes. And that's one of the things that I think really like, you know, they take advantage of that. They, they absolutely take advantage of it. And like really, really effectively. And supposedly there are a lot of shots where they did have like a CGI invisible person in the shot just to like, kind of, I don't know if either to establish realism, establish that they could fit in this, you know, like do this stuff. Um, but it's also like unclear, apparently only the director, you know, and some of the actors though, like which shots had a, a CGI person in it and which ones didn't. If we were still using tube TVs, this would be a hard one to pan and scan. Yeah. I Thank goodness we're is. not. We've moved past. <laughs> right. I'm curious to hear what you guys thought of the just general concept of suit with cameras all over it. I mean, look, I feel like they could have done better with the design a little bit. I think you could pick out shit to to nitpick about it i think the suit's fine i'd rather a suit than like you know again like some kind of chemical or something but the actual look of the suit didn't wow me it looked like a blumhouse budget kind of thing who wins in a fight this guy in the invisible man suit or harry potter in the cloak harry potter in the cloak well this guy i think this guy is Way more abusive than Harry Potter is, but I'm going to say but Harry Potter. they're Potter's... both super into murder. Yeah, that's true. Does Harry but Potter? Harry... Have... Hang on. Does Harry Potter have his wand? Harry Potter doesn't. Ha... I'm going to go with Harry Potter does ha... have his wand, but he does have both Ron and Hermione under the cloak with him. Oh yeah, the Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't love the suit. I just didn't like. I didn't love it from a design aspect, and I definitely think the moments where the movie looks cheap are the moments with the suit in it. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that, that's why I think the first third of the movie is so much more effective. I mean, it kind of changes tone over the course of the movie. Like, you know, towards the latter half, it's less like, Oh, this is scary. And more like, I'm going to fucking get this guy if it fucking kills me. But like, you know, the first third of it is like shit that I experienced, or at least I think I experienced, you know, uh, just like those, those little sounds, those little movements, that thing that's like, I don't remember putting that there that's really fucking scary to me. Like you said, that's kind of the paranormal activity aspect of it. Uh, I just think this one finishes better, I guess. It did make me kind of think that I would be not uh, interested is the wrong word. It made me think that maybe paranormal activity would have benefited from not being a found footage movie. Like, I think they were really That cool. movie was made for like a million dollars. I realize it was made for super cheap. I'm just saying, I think this takes some of the the concept of the gags of those movies yeah. and enhances them because it's not a found footage film. That's fair. I'm not saying that would have made that movie any better, but that dude's name is Mika. It's already worse. Yeah. Than that's God. I fucking hate that every time I still stand by the original <laughs> paranormal activity. It's pretty good. It's how, uh, what's his name? Jason Blum made all of his fucking money to do these kinds of true. movies. That's so, true. Uh, you know, they're, they're not, they're not as bad as I think they get credit for they just get all go off the rails after one you know the the lore gets gets more elaborate and the uh the gimmick gets a little less charming yeah i mean it's the saw problem yeah that's a good that does kind of bring my next question do you guys think that this movie do you expect that they could make a sequel do you think that there is room for a universe out of this i I mean mean, yeah only only if elizabeth moth becomes a fucking spy I think she becomes the villain. Yeah? 
Yeah, I, I think you could continue it on, Invisible Man, and it's Elizabeth Moss just fucking wrecking shit. Just killing abusers everywhere, vigilante And it justice. would be, dude, it would be the only time that I'd be down with the concept of an anti-hero. This is it. This is the one go where I'd be like, okay, fuck Venom, fuck Deadpool. This give feels me... like it should be in the Unbreakable universe. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I mean, it could basically be like hard candy with superpowers and not being shitty. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, fair. I would like to see her continue on, but just using the uh, the invisible suit for petty conveniences, just like sure. she doesn't want to wait, wait in line at a deli or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, you know, this is super off topic, but that was my my favorite, like, premise of the show Misfits. It's like, what if you got superpowers and instead of, like, becoming a great good person or a great evil person, you're just still kind of an asshole that could have used your powers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I do you think that there will be more of these type of films, of these, like, old school Universal Monsters, but updated for yeah could you do them good though audience. so far we're not doing the track record is not great here i agree and this one is the one that i the only one i can see that translates because you can update it to like match technology yeah and uh, current fears like how also, do you make also, this it's, exist it's actually scary yeah yeah well it's scary because i mean like a suit made of cameras maybe not realistic per se but they're they height it heightens fears we naturally all have like right. you talked about like i remember in, in kate and i's first house one night i heard like something fall i went in the kitchen and there was like a knife laying on the floor and i was Great. like well, i for <laughs> sure did not put that there um but on, on it, that specific note before you go on i was really worried that there wasn't going to be a knife payoff for the amount of knives that uh that elizabeth moss pulls they set it up great yeah, and, and so like I got I got worried that towards like the very end is like that fucking knife is not going to pay off at all, and then it does pay off, and it's super satisfying. Really yep. enjoyed that. This is just the only character. Maybe I don't know. Frankenstein even seems too out there, but I, this one works really well. It was the right choice. Yeah, I will I will use the premium asshole move of answering your question with a question, which is: Is anybody trying to make one of anything anymore? <laughs> that's you know? true you know? yeah yeah they're i don't know if they'll succeed but they will definitely try to to use this formula on other universal properties i think i could maybe see the argument of making individual films i guess the thing would fall apart if you tried to make a universe uh, right you probably could make a wolfman movie that stand alone that is scary in a modern for a modern audience but i don't see that long ago yeah, but you you made it like a remake of the Wolfman. Like, right. just make a scary werewolf movie. Um, but I I don't know if you could set that up and exist in the same universe as this. Fair enough. I'm not sure either. This one does seem just again. You know, it's it's it's. <laughs> I think the closest to you know, like your natural fears, and uh, despite the fact that the actual technology is still maybe a little out there. And the idea of an invisible person is pretty, like, easy to grasp. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a Black Mirror episode in that. Well, you know, I like it a little bit less as soon as you said that, but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have anything else on this one? I got nothing. No, I liked it a lot. I'll watch it again yeah. in, like, a year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I liked, the, I liked the, uh, the Hawkman guy. He was good. He had big triceps. I'm a, massive triceps yeah i was, I was like uh, same thing i was like this guy could be a superhero and i was like oh i think he was cast as a superhero so we're good 
Well, maybe yeah. now that uh, that uh, Black Adam is delayed, he'll get uh, cast as a superhero in a better movie. Man, I can't believe they did not give that movie a new date. That's so funny. It's wild. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the Invisible Man. Uh, before we even get into the next thing, do we want to talk about? So I think I think the original plan. I don't know if, if we started with this up front, Christian, but we're getting in the Halloween spirit. The whole month of October, we're going to try anyway, and do a horror movie a week. Do we have any things in mind? Oh, this I want to f- do at least one schlocky '80s movie. Okay, I'm down with that. Uh, should we try to hit different kinds of horror? Like, I think this checks off kind of like, yeah, the classic universal monster horror box, whether it be necessarily that or not. But like, definitely like a slasher horror. And uh, I would like to do some sort of gothic thing if we could, haunted house type of thing. But okay, I don't know what that would be because I don't want to watch that stupid Guillermo del Toro house movie again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's aged better. Maybe that would uh, fit into our if we were if is it remember them better than we remember it type thing. I don't know. I was going to suggest Cabin in the Woods just because I want to watch a Cabin, good one. In the Woods Cabin in the Woods yeah. is a good one. I'll tell I like you guys, I have never seen The Thing, and I know that's you know, oh, generally shit. considered Let's a classic. Thing. Oh, gosh, that, that would actually <laughs> be a really good episode, I think. But man, I am not emotionally prepared to make myself endure that again. <laughs> I will do it for science, but <laughs> I, well, th- this is the time. Cabin in the woods are the thing next week. I think we, I think we save the thing for last. All right, okay, we'll save it. We'll do Cabin in the woods next week. We cool. do Cabin awesome. in the woods, and then let's do like a like an '80s slasher movie or whatever. For love it, we'll like, come pre- we'll come prepared next week. We won't, but we'll do the same thing, and we'll figure. Cabin it out. in the woods. Cabin in the woods. Uh, but yeah, join us for the rest of this month as we continue to uh, whiss our way through October. Yep. Anyway, that's it for Invisible Man. What have we been watching this past week, guys? Um, let me see. I watched The Haunting. Speaking of horror movies, this one's from 1999. I assume both of you have seen it before. Nope. It stars Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones. You hate Liam Neeson. I do. And Owen Wilson, who I also don't like. I actually, I don't like anyone in the cast of this movie. It is based on the haunting of Hill House. I was about to say, is it because there's two released back to back that one of them was like called like Haunted Hill and wasn't based on it, and then there was the other one. So this is the one that was based on. It. Yes. So there's House on Haunted Hill, which right. is not based on Haunting of Hill House. Right. And then there's this movie called The Haunting, which is based on Haunting of Hill House. It's um, very confusing. It is extremely. It has almost nothing in common with the original book um, or movie version. But Haunting of Bly Manor comes out on Friday. And even though it's an anthology series, I didn't really want to commit to rewatching all of Haunting of Hill House. So I thought, oh, I'll do it in two hours. And it's totally different. Um, <laughs> I should have known that. I, I kind of did, but I accepted it anyway. Um, I think this movie is better than it gets credit for it's still like a terrible 90s horror movie but uh i enjoy it it's cheesy and fun what i really like about it is i think it's actually a really good example of uh, a gothic horror story in that the house is the ghost it is the whole concept of this home that just is infiltrated with darkness and history and uh, and has a spirit about itself uh, and I like that. Having said that, you know, 
I hate Liam Neeson. Like spending two hours with that dude is always a chore for me. But you do get to watch Owen Wilson's head get knocked off. So that is worth the price <laughs> of admission alone. What else did I watch this week? I finished Doctor Who finally. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not going to talk about it at length. I have never talked. This is the first time I watched The Lady Doctor. And uh, she's fine. She's not great. But there, there hasn't is it, really is been. Is it a, because of her vagina? Is that why she's terrible? No, it's not that. It's because of Chris Chibnall. I don't think he's a very good showrunner. He doesn't really put her in positions to succeed. Um, like she's just not given a lot to work with, and uh, it, she is very different than the doctors we've gotten before since Doctor Who came back. It's very like, oh, he's sad and alone, and this doctor is very happy and excited to have people around her all the time, and. I just don't think there's enough emotional depth there for her to exhibit range. Uh, the second season is better than the first season and also kind of a giant middle finger to like Doctor Who lore. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's a show. And I started Uncharted 4 and Troy Baker deserves an Oscar. That guy is so good in every video game he's in. I don't understand why. You used to not like Troy Baker. I've come around. I see that. Uh, I think he's really he's really good in this, and he's really good in Arkham Origins. As his version of the Joker, I think, is as good as Mark Hamill's in the Arkham games. But yeah, no, I like it a whole lot. It's very cinematic. It's more even more cinematic than the other games yeah, prior to it. It is, um, but it looks good, and the mechanic upgrade is really impressive. So I love the the grappling hook. Yes, it's super fun. So much fun. I think the shooting mechanics are way better in it too. Mm. Um, yeah, also, no, I re- also, it's, also it's a really pirate weird. story is just so fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything on water is fun to me, but the fact that I get to like scuba dive and stuff, also cool. Um, no, I like it a whole lot. That, I believe, is it. All right. Hurt? Uh, you know, I, man, I didn't really watch a lot that I this week that I wanted to talk about. But, you know, right before the podcast started, we got the very sad news that... Uh, Eddie Van Halen had passed away, and I figured I would take this time to talk about Van Halen for a second. Uh, My very first record I ever bought, actually on cassette, was Van Halen 1984. Uh, At the same time, actually, as ZZ Top's Eliminator and Huey Lewis and the New Sports, which is a good way to start. Uh, All three of those records stuck with me, but Van Halen the most. Bought them all at the flea market for 10 bucks. Good deal. Um... Uh, you know, I thought about what I could do during this segment that could be Van Halen-y. I thought about ranking the classic David Lee Roth uh, uh, records, but honestly, they're all fucking great. So what I decided I would do this time instead is try to talk you in to listening to the reunion record. Uh, I think it was in 2009. Uh it wasn't really the original lineup got back together. David Lee Roth rejoins the band and Michael Anthony gets kicked out and uh, Eddie brings on his son as the new bass player. And the record they made had like a mixed uh, reception. You know, uh, a a lot of people uh, didn't like the absence of Michael Anthony and particularly the absence of his harmony vocals. And I think that wasn't helped by Tattoo being the first single, which had those god-awful fucking uh, uh, computer backup vocals on it. But I think it is a good record, and I have a way. And I realize I'm talking to nobody. I'm, I'm fully aware of this. As, as opposed have, to every other week. Yeah, I have a way 
to make this record enjoyable to you if you've listened to it and it's not enjoyable to you. Okay, number one, there's too many fucking songs on it. All the classic uh, Van Halen records, if you average them out, have nine songs on them. This record has 14 songs. That's too many fucking saw. That's too much weedily deedily deedily to sit down to at one time. <laughs> so, so make yourself a playlist and do these songs in this order. I'll try to run through it quickly. Tattoo, She's the Woman, You and Your Blues, Chinatown, Chinatown being the best fucking track on this record, Bullethead, Big River, As Is, The Trouble With Never, and Stay Frost. I think at that, at that trim down and rearrange, it's a better record. Second thing, change the name of the record in your heart. Uh, a different kind of truth is a gross fucking title. Change the name of the record to I Don't Feel Tardy. Great name for a Van Halen re uh, uh, reunion record. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I also named my band's record uh, I, I, I Don't Feel Tardy, but I did it because I love Van Halen. Uh, finally, the final ingredient, I think, to enjoying this record, buy a jet ski. I think it would go really well with a jet ski. It just seems like jet ski movie. But yeah, you know, I fucking love Van Halen. I, you know, I, I'm trying to be funny right now, but honestly, I'm fucking heartbroken about this. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think Eddie was maybe kind of an asshole on his own thing. But, you know, fuck it. I didn't know that when I was nine years old. I just thought he looked cool and sounded cool. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sad. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, you know, a powerhouse and, and uh, incredibly talented. I do not love Van Halen near the amount that you do, J.U., but right. I, I do enjoy Van Halen. I remember the um, when I was about 15 years old, uh, I was playing. I got asked to, like, fill in to play drum set with a band, and the first song they wanted to practice with, and I joked about it at the beginning, was Running With The Devil, and... Uh, <laughs> It, it kicked my ass like I, I immediately was like I can't do this you guys are all better than me uh, I can't play that song um, <laughs> but they just incredibly talented dudes and he was truthfully the the heart of it and uh, I mean as much as I think David Lee Roth may think he was the heart of it I don't know that we'd all would have known Van Halen if it weren't for Eddie Van Halen but I mean, it, that dude is just one of those things that he changed the face of rock and roll. Before yeah, him, he did. guitar players did not sound like that. And after him, for around 12 years, guitar players only sounded like that. Would we have had Yingwei Malmsteam if there weren't for Eddie Van Oh, Hale? God, no. <laughs> there, I mean, there, there was a while there that after he came out, just everybody had to get their own Eddie Van Halen. Finn Lizzy got Eddie Van Halen. You know, Ozzy got yeah. Randy Rhodes. You know, it, just, it was just the thing you had to do. Yep. I like Jump. Jump is a great song. This is not about Eddie. This is more about Dave. But what kind of asshole stands in with his back against the record machine? Other people might want to use the fucking jukebox, <laughs> dude. You know? Anyway, uh, that's what I got to say about Van Halen. I like it. Yeah, it's been, it's been a crappy year for rock and roll, guys. We lost, you know, Neil Peart and now eddie and i mean there were a few other people other great musicians but definitely if you if you fell in love with i think rock music in the late 70s and early 80s um it's been a tough year it blows i mean this is still blows my mind that it's pert i've always <laughs> um, thought it was pert it's kind of like have you ever heard rihanna say her own name because she says it rihanna <laughs> that's funny because it seems like it would be rihanna and i would say rihanna you know what i'm saying like yep, that it seems does. like yeah. what a dumb that's redneck how... would say her name 
That's how people from Milton would say it, for sure. <laughs> right. I also haven't watched that much this week. I spent most of it playing The Last of Us 2, which was literally twice as long than I, as I expected it to be. Uh, my Ghibli film this week, we have almost officially run out of the good ones. I'm giving it like one or two more, but the last few have not been great. Uh, I watched Pom Poco, which mm. is a movie about, they're like little Japanese raccoons called Tanuki. Uh, but even in the even in the Japanese subversion, they call them raccoons, but they're a different species, uh, which is kind of important because in like Japanese lore, this is important for you, Christian, because I didn't know this until this movie. Uh, apparently, Tanuki are known to have shape shifting powers. Uh, well, that makes B and A wake. Doesn't way it more make sense. more sense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's about like all Ghibli films. Humanity is destroying all their natural re- natural resources, and so in this one, the the Tanuki are trying to find ways to preserve or take back their natural land, their home. Uh, it's it's very like goofy, and really long. And there's there's a, a really important plot point that one, all the t- the male Tanuki are drawn with testicles. But not only are they drawn with testicles, their testicles have special shape shifting powers that none of the females have. Uh, so it's a strange movie. And this, uh, this is a Ghibli movie. It is a Ghibli movie. Right. This this sounds like some shit that you're punking us with. I mean, that's super fair. If if it, if this movie was an hour and twenty minutes, I would have enjoyed it and recommended it to other people. But it was two hours long, and it was too long to be funny for that long. I I feel like you've rec- recognized that I zone out during this Ghibli part, <laughs> and you just came up with the shape shifting testicles to make sure I was listening. I yeah, sure, why not? Uh, the only other thing I did was I, I played finished playing uh, Last of Us Two which I thought was really great. Uh, also Troy Baker and our, our, our good critical role friend, Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey. Uh, How did you feel about Laura in the end of that game? Have you, have you played it? No, but I know there's a lot of drama about it. Okay, yeah. Well, so th- that's something that I didn't actually know going into it. So I really enjoyed the game. I don't want to get too much into it for anybody who hasn't played it because you know there's just a lot that they don't share before you start the game. But it's, it's literally exactly twice as long as I expected it to be. Uh, so it was a fairly long single-player campaign, which I was okay with. And I thought the story was really good. After I finished it, like I do for like everything that I, I enjoy, I just read a bunch of shit about it online and watch a bunch of YouTube videos about it. Uh, and that's when I found out that a lot of people really fucking hated this game. Yeah, a uh, lot. Yeah. Which I was really curious about because I... Like, I just just without any other context really i didn't want to read anything about it beforehand because i knew i'd get spoiled uh without any other context really enjoyed it and so i was reading like what people had problems with and like several several websites had lists of plot holes i'm using that word in air quotes which you can't see uh because to me the word plot holes is like buzz acting like a toy when he thinks that he's not a toy when andy's in the room you know Mm. Um, or, or I've you, never thought of that, but that is an interesting <laughs> point. Um, but like the plot holes that they're pointing out are just like this character wouldn't do this in this situation, and I'm like, I don't know if that's really a plot hole. That's just kind of like, like you're not in that character's head. That character is doing what that character did. You can choose to accept it or not. Um, so I felt like a lot of the reviews are just like, I didn't like that this person did this thing when they did it, which 
I guess that's fine. I, I feel like they did enough groundwork to, to earn all of the decisions that they did. I, I have seen some compelling points for like why the first game is stronger and I can, I can dig that, but I had a really good time with it. I say good time. Good time is maybe not the right word. Uh, it's, it's very stressful and I cried several times, but I think it's a, it's, it's a really, really good game. Uh, one, of, one of the best I've ever played. So I, I, uh, I highly recommend it if you got a PS4. Crying in a, in a video game is the most 2020 thing I've heard. Sure, why not? <laughs> well, it's like, you know, in a book or in a movie, like we've just, we've, we've apparently, and I don't mean like 2020 as 2020 sex, but I mean like 2020 as like modern society. Like we've, sure. we've elevated art to the point where like, you know, books can make us cry and then movies and then television. And now we're at the point where video games, the stories are so compelling in video games that they make us cry. I mean, that's fair. I don't remember if I cried at the, at the first one, but I probably did. Good job, Neil Druckmann. You know what you're doing. But I think that's it, unless you guys have anything else. I do not. Me Cabin me. in the Woods. So, Cabin yeah, in the Woods. Next week, Cabin in the Woods. It's kind of fucked up that we're doing Cabin in the Woods instead of a Cabin in the Woods movie now that I think about it. Like Evil Dead or something. But, you know. I, I could also be down with Evil Dead. I just want to point that out. I, I, I could be down with that, too. But, I mean, you know... Uh, you know, we'd probably say if this was a podcast about it, but I mean, you know, I think uh, I think it's worth discussing if a de- deconstruction of a genre can also be a good thing in that genre. All right, well, fuck it. We'll, we'll do Cabin in the Woods. Well, it'll, it'll be a double feature as we talk about other Cabin in the Woods movies. Right. Uh, but yeah, join us a little, uh, next week for that. And if you have any suggestions for other horror movies you want us to talk about, uh, write us in at uh, realphonies at gmail.com uh, and also on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. I've jumped to these things, but please rate and subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast, uh, particularly if they like horror movies because we'll never do them again. This is it. <laughs> this is the only run. Um, But yeah, uh, thanks again to Zach Evans-Fart and Brian Velasquez for our theme, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later.